Monday. 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 Open wide, dev fans. Get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node modules, barbecue tips, Git workflows, breakdancing, soft skills, web development, the hastiest, the craziest, the tastiest web development treats. Coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Welcome to Syntax on this Monday Hasty Treat. We're going to be talking about modules in Node. This is something that's going to become more and more relevant as time goes on here. So figured it was a good opportunity to take the time to maybe give a little bit of introduction to what the heck modules are in Node and maybe how they're different from modules in the browser. My name is Scott Talinsky and I'm a developer from Denver, Colorado. And with me, as always, is Wes Boss. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you too, Wes. Uh, (laughs) This episode is sponsored by one of our sponsors, which is also good to see this sponsor because we absolutely love them over here at Syntax, and that is Sentry at Sentry.io. Now, Sentry is the service that you need to solve all of your JavaScript uh, node um, anything issues. Because it's not just JavaScript. Let me tell you that Sentry works with just about every single thing you could possibly use. Not to mention that just about everybody uses Sentry from Airbnb to Disney to PayPal, ooh, Peloton with their cringy ads uh, and Microsoft <laughs> and Dropbox and all of these people. I was looking through logs on my MB TV server the other day and yeah. I was like just looking through the logs and I saw a Sentry log there. I was like, oh my gosh, oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and, and let me tell you, back end, front end doesn't matter. Sentry works for you. It tells you what happened when the when the bug happened. It gives you a whole trail of events. There was a click on this, on, on this particular element. And then we received a 500 error. Now, what was that error? What was the status of that error? You can even tell it which version control uh, commit introduced the bug. You can attach your source maps. You can see the changes of how many bugs over time have happened in your application. You can ignore bugs. For instance, we get this like really it's like a an error that frequently comes from a, a Firefox extension that a lot of people use. And that's not a bug that I need to see. So guess what? Ignore it. I don't want to see that thing anymore because it's not a bug with my application, right? So Sentry gives you all that abilities and more to, again, work with every single thing you need to know to really dive into what's going on with your site and how to fix and solve your bugs. Head on over to Sentry.io and use the coupon code TASTYTREAT, all lowercase, all one word, and you'll get two whole months for free. And that's more than enough time to try out because we absolutely love Sentry and you will see instantly why. Okay, so... Modules in Node. Before I want to start get too in depth with this episode, you have done quite a bit more research on modules in Node than I have. So I'm yeah. going to ask you some questions. And first, I want to start off with how they were sort of done before, because the one of the reasons why I don't know a whole ton about these is because within my Meteor setup, which I'm I'm using, uh, you just had access to the module import syntax, and I, now yeah. I understand that those aren't actual modules, but in the past, you may have used the import syntax on a node application. And how might you have done that? Well, really, all that's happening is that it's Babel. And Babel's just converting your code into something that node can't read, rather than actually node supporting those modules. 
So I'm really interested in knowing what are the benefits of using these modules compared to a Babel configuration that compiles it back down to the standard require syntax. So let's get into it here and let's learn a little bit about node modules. Yeah, so node modules were unflagged. They're still experimental and they've, it's funny, I, I went back and found a tweet from myself from almost two years ago when I was about to release my node course. I said, like, should I just, it was it was still experimental, but I was like, it's mm -hmm. probably fine. And I almost released <laughs> the node course and it's two years later and they're, yeah. they're still working on it, which is not not any shade on them. It's not like they're dragging their feet or anything. It's just that this is huge, um, huge. in yeah. the language. And if they get it wrong, then we have to live with it for the rest of our lives. So they're just spending a lot of time <laughs> listening to browser developers, node developers, package authors, making sure that like everything works well together. So um, they're no longer behind a flag when you want to use them. So if you're on node 13.2 or higher, you can just start to use them. However, they're still missing features and it's still experimental. So yeah, that's that's kind of the caveat of this episode. So the way that node modules work right now is that they use this thing called common JS, meaning that you have a file, which is a module, and you can either module.exports like a function or an object or something. And, and that's the main thing that it, that's the one thing that's exported from that file. Or you can do exports dot exports dot name exports dot age. And you can you can export multiple things from that. So it's kind of the same thing as exporting an object. But the reason we have that is because sometimes people want to export a function from that and you just module to exports the function. And sometimes you want to export multiple functions or or an object or mm -hmm. multiple properties. And that's where you use exports dot. Now um, we're going to be using ESM. That stands for ECMAScript modules. Now in JavaScript, we have a spec as of ES6 to have modules in the language. And Node is making it available for us to use that syntax since we're already using that syntax in browser land. So there's been a huge effort as to like, move it over. However, it's really hard because we have this huge ecosystem of your own authored code, which is written in common JS. And then you also have this huge, like hundreds of thousands of modules in NPM. And almost all of those are currently written in common JS. And we need to be able to have this big in-between period while we're moving things over as our own code bases and as our libraries get updated to ESM. So we're just going to like, I guess in this episode, sort of just detail like where it's at right now and, and how it will work. And, uh, and and then we'll have some suggestions as in terms of tools you can use to make the migration easier or whether you should just sit on your hands for another six months a year. <laughs> so how do you do it? There's, there's a couple different ways you can do it, but I'm going to be assuming that, okay, I want to start, I want to rewrite my code base in, or I want to move my code base over to using ESM, which is ECMAScript modules. That's what we use in the browser. So the way that you can do that is you go into your package.json and you switch your project over. By default, your project will be using CommonJS. And if you mm -hmm. want to switch your project over to using ECMAScript modules, you can go into your package.json and add a type property and you set that type to be module uh, and that will that will switch it over. Now, if you do that, then then all of a sudden you have to rewrite all of the other files there. I'll talk about a second. There are better ways to slowly do this, but 
I was going to say, yeah, because that seems like not an option for a lot of people in a migration. Yeah, you can't just flip it over. So maybe I should maybe I should say that approach first. So if you want to move over one file at a time without breaking anything, you don't put this type of module in your package JSON and you do it file by file. And then the way to do that is you have to use the Michael Jackson script extension, which is the .mjs, which people sort of curl up in in horror of doing that. And at the end of the day, the node needs to know how your files should be interpreted. So you either do that carte blanche and you put a type of module in your package JSON, or you do it file by file and use the .mjs extension on your ESM ones. So my idea would be that you just start coding Every time that you refactor a file, you rename that to .mjs mm. until you get to a point where all of your files are now mjs's and then I would flip that switch and rename everything back to .js. So that would that would be like one way to to go about it. I've got some other options as well. But then you got to rename all those files. Yeah, your then your git history is is goofed Ooh. up. Ugh. Which sucks. I was thinking like what would be the downsides to doing some sort of like a babel Thing for your transition. That's coming. Let me okay. let me give it a sec. Um, <laughs> so the other option is is that you can flip it to type of module in your package JSON, like we said, and then you start to use all of um, those imports. So you have to either go through every common JS file you've written, which has a require in it, and flip that over to import, or you have to rename those files to a .cjs, which notes to note that it is common JS, which is kind of a bummer as well. <laughs> and it, I should say like, this is not that they didn't think of this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like gotchas in terms of how the different modules systems work and Babel modules aren't following the ECMAScript spec. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so easy for Babel modules. So there's a lot of like people throwing shade on it and there's a lot of hard work that's been done here. So maybe like pump the brakes before you send a mean tweet about something like this, because it's it is a much harder problem than it seems on the surface. I've I've dove into it. It all all has to do with the fact that ECMAScript modules are statically evaluated, meaning that you can tell what the exports are from a common JS module just by scanning the file, whereas a Node.js, CommonJS module, like you can you can import and export things as part of the code when it's run, which is mm. um, like you could generate an export when the file is read, it's parsed, and then you could generate an export. You can't do that on the other side. At least that's my understanding of going into it. You can read the, the thing yourself. And that changes quite a bit, right? Yeah. Well, I think for most people, it doesn't, which is why you're able to use Babel and not have a problem at all with it and how I actually ended up just using uh, Babel on my project and it just worked, right? So I think for a lot of people, it probably doesn't matter, but there are some sort of use cases here and there. Gotcha. Then it comes to importing and exporting. So at some point, you're going to need to import things from a common JS module into a ESM mm-hmm. module. So the way that works is that you just use import and then node will know that you're importing it from a common JS module, but with the import syntax um, and it will map that import into, into just like a variable. So you can use like 
import Express from Express. And even though Express is a common JS module and you're using the import section, it will work. Mm -hmm. The downside to that is named exports don't work currently. Mm. So if you are importing use effect and use reducer from React, and let's assume React doesn't ship a ESM package, then that doesn't work. You have to import the whole thing as React and then use the methods off of that. Now, that will change because that that was a huge pain point for me that eventually made me saying, this isn't ready for me yet. Yeah, that would be tough. I'd have to rewrite a lot of code. In Nodeland, you can use destructuring. You can do something like const curly bracket use reducer equals require React, but it doesn't work yet. And apparently there's plans to make it work. If you go to github.com forward slash node.js forward slash module modules, you'll see a list of everything they want to implement yet. And at the top of that list is being able to use named exports Mm. uh, from a common JS module, because that's not something you can change yourself because you have to wait for every single package in NPM to be updated to an ESM, which might not ever happen. There's lots of packages out there that are just done. and They're never going to be updated, but they're still good packages. So like my question is here, like like what would be the approach to move it? Because what I ended up doing is I just went whole hog, searched for require and just went through every single instance, like hundreds of require statements. I replaced them. And it worked, but like that, you can't do that for most projects, right? So the solution is what you've been asking is use this node module called ESM. It's written by John David Dalton, who wrote Lodash as well. And it allows you to just use both and it just works. So you can you can use named exports, you can use your imports. Um, and this code was actually forked off of Meteor, which Scott's mm-hmm. been using for like four years, right? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about Meteor's future now that there's a uh, new ownership behind it. But yeah, it, it's one of those issues that I've always been like, every time I start a project that's not Meteor and I go import, yeah. uh, you know, FS, front, whatever, I'm like, oh, I can't do this without setting up a whole Babel config. And then I got to have a separate uh, web back thing for my server yeah. with its own Babel config. It's like, man, Meteor made that so easy that it was just like it just works just works tm you know yeah so all you have to do to get this thing working is when you run your app with like node index.js you just have to do node dash r esm and that will require the esm package first and it'll do a little bit of magic and then run your app and it just works (laughs) and uh it's great and i bet that the node implementation will work like this eventually but until then this is what I'm recommending uh, that you go uh, go ahead. I don't think it's all that great, especially if you need named imports. Like I was trying to import some packages from like Keystone and it was called like GraphQL. And I was like, import GraphQL from GraphQL, but it was a named export. So I was like, what do I call this thing that I import mm. and then access the method off of? Uh, it was just like a naming problem. I was like, I don't even like know what to call this thing if I want to import all of right. it. Yeah. And you can't destructure it as you import it. That's not part of ESM spec, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit of a pain. So it's not ready yet. It's looking really, really good. I'm really happy that it's there. But if you are using the library ecosystem, I would reach for this ESM package. Yeah, cool. 
All right. Well, that I think that clarified a lot of things for me. This is one of those <laughs> non-issues that I've had for so long just because I've never I haven't looked yeah, at like a require lucky. statement unless I really need to just just because. So, uh, no, this is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to keep up a little bit better on this uh, overall development of this within Node just to know what the differences are here. I was thinking that they would just flip a switch and all of a sudden everything would be PG keen and it would all just work correctly. But no, it looks like it's a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, so much little fiddly stuff that they have to think about. And also things like importing JSON files. You can't just do that as part of ESM because it's not a JavaScript module. But in Node, you can just require a JSON file and it will load that object into your variable. So they have to sort of like Webpack, they have to build a bunch of these different loaders. And I'm really hoping that they're just built in and they just work. And I'm really hoping that you don't have to have like a node pack file that you have to config. Totally. But they're very much like we don't want to have to have a whole lot of config. The, the only config you have to do is have a type of module or you have to use the Michael Jackson script or the CJS script. Cool. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Wes. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully you learned a thing or two and uh, I'm sure we'll update it. Uh, maybe in six months or so to see where we're at with this type of thing. Go to the Node.js modules GitHub repo. I'll link it up in the show notes and you can see a, a, a sort of the things that are still um, outstanding with this. Awesome. Cool. Well, we will catch you on Wednesday where we're going to be talking about Pika, Pika, Pika Pack, Pika Pack. <laughs> Pikachu package. Yes. Actually, I'm, I'm, we're recording this right after this episode. And I'm glad we had this because we're both in the headspace of modules. ESM modules are the way forward. And Pika Package, as far as I know, is trying to solve this as well. Package building reimagined. Yeah. So tune yeah. in for that one. It's going to be really exciting. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show. 